Welcome to another episode of Open Doors, Conversations with Heart of the Father. I'm your host, Jacqueline Harper. Open Doors is a conversation about inviting God's love, presence, and power into our hearts. We are friends and teammates from Heart of the Father Ministries who share in the mission of setting captive hearts free through Unbound Ministry. We're so glad you could join us. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to Open Doors Podcast. I'm Rachel Lozano, and joining me today are Janet Lozano, Jen Lozano, and Jacqueline Harper. Welcome, ladies. I'm looking forward to our time together today. Hey. Hi, Rachel. Good to be here, Rachel. We are now in week three of Advent, and you can feel the anticipation of Christmas right around the corner. Our team has loved coming together each week of Advent to reflect on what the Lord is speaking to us through His Word. If you haven't had the opportunity yet, I encourage you to listen to the reflections from week one and week two and allow the Lord to speak to your heart. Today, Janet will lead us through the reflection on Psalm 146, 6 through 10. So I encourage you to just take a moment now to quiet your mind and open your heart as I read these verses. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so the footnote in my study Bible says that Psalm 146 is a hymn of someone who's learned that there's no other source of strength except the merciful God. And only God, not mortal humans, can help vulnerable and oppressed people. And so as I thought about that and read through the the psalm, it was like the merciful God. So I started to think about who God is, what is his nature. And this morning I got up and many times I like to read a psalm to begin to praise the Lord. So the Bible was open and I, I read Psalm 145 that just really speaks about who God is. He's a bounding goodness. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in love. He's gracious. He's merciful. He's trustworthy. He's compassionate to every creature. And it also says the works of God make him present and invite our praise. So it's the works of God that make him present to us so that we can understand who it is that we're putting our trust in. And so as Rachel read Psalm 146, it talked about the works of God. The Lord secures justice. He sets free the prisoner. He raises up those who are bowed down. He protects. He sustains. That's how we can know God is through his works and how he's worked through all of human history. And so, of course, you know, as I was thinking about, you know, he sets free the prisoners. He raises up those who are bound down, I couldn't help but think, yes, that's God's desire. That's the work that God does. And that's the work that he's given us to do, and particularly in unbound ministry. But the second thing that I was meditating on this week was the incarnation, that Jesus 
took on human flesh. What we're anticipating in Christmas is the birth of Jesus, but that he took on human flesh. He became one of us. And I was reflecting on this small book, Advent Reflections, on something that Bishop Robert Barron wrote about the Incarnation. And he said, and it so blessed me to think about this, God condescended to enter into flesh so that our flesh might partake of the divine life, that we might participate in the love that holds the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in communion. He is such a God of compassion and love that he sent himself, <laughs> part of himself, to take on our flesh, to enter into everything that we've experienced mm. so that we might be free, so that he could set the captives free. That thought and thinking about the psalm and God's actions reminded me of Luke chapter 4, verse 18, where Jesus is in the synagogue. He takes up a scroll, and this is what he reads, which is from Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. And so isn't that, isn't that a repetition of exactly what was said in Psalm 146? So it's the God of the Old Testament who is proclaiming, this is who I am. This is what I do. And now Jesus is repeating that. So this is his purpose. This is what he came for. This is why the incarnation. So Jesus, when he puts down the scroll, he says, today, this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And so what Jesus is saying is, this is my mission statement. This is what I came for. In Unbound Ministry, I know we've repeated a lot of times, that's Jesus' mission statement. So now that is our mission statement. So for me, reflecting on the incarnation and that the purpose was that we might participate in the love of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, that we might come to know that. So that's what, when Jesus gives us that mission to do what he did, it's so that we can participate in that relationship and we can now help others to come into a place to help participate in that. So as I've reflected on these things, I was like, okay, so what does that mean for me? I can't set people free. I can't release the chains of those who are oppressed. It's only God who can do it. So it just brought me to that place of realizing it's Christ in me that needs to do everything and anything, whether it's unbound ministry or loving my grandchildren or speaking to a friend, whatever it might be, it's Christ in me. And it reminded me of some other scriptures, Galatians 2.20, where Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So the takeaway for me in reflecting on all this is, yes, it's only God that can set free, but it's Christ in me who can be a vessel for the Lord to do that for others. Colossians says, Christ in you for the hope of glory. And in John fourteen seventeen, the spirit of truth lives with you and will be in you. So it's just that 
recognition for me as I contemplate, okay, the incarnation, this is why God came to save and to redeem. What does that mean for me? It means crucifying my flesh so that I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And just asking the Lord daily, well, what does that mean for today? What in me is is not you, Lord, and how do you want to set me free? of that. So those are those are just the thoughts, some of the thoughts that I've been thinking about over the past week or two. And so maybe I'll just I'll just share one story that just so recently brought forth for me this whole idea of God wanting to set the captives free and it's only his power and his mm-hmm. grace that does it. I was at one of our conferences recently and a man came up to me to thank me for my testimony. Always on Friday night, I give a testimony of how God, one point in my life, set me free of some deeper issues, but the result was I was also free from migraine headaches. So this man came up to me on Saturday morning and just thanked me for my testimony. He said, I really struggle with migraine headaches all the time. And he told me a little bit of the story and how it started at a time where he had some surgery. There were some complications that ever since then he's had migraine headaches. So I had actually started walking towards him. I wanted him to help me move a table. So I asked him, as he shared about his migraines, I, I said, okay, would, would you help me move the table? And another team member came up with me, and God just so put on my heart, like, after he moved the table, I just want to pray for, I only had, you know, a couple of minutes, but I just want to pray for you to be healed of those migraine headaches. I know how debilitating they can be. And so my teammate, who is really blessed in praying for people for physical healing, we started praying together that he would be healed, and God just sort of I don't know, it's just kind of my DNA that I had to ask a few questions and just help him in some forgiveness and renouncing a couple of things, like I said, just a couple of minutes. And so he thanked me and went on to the conference. He came two weeks later to receive more ministry at one of our follow-up days and had the opportunity to chat with him a little bit. And he told me that since the conference, he had not had one migraine headache. And he also gave testimony that by being present at the conference, that he really felt he was set free of an addiction that he had struggled with for years. This is before he received a full unbound session. So I was just so excited, so thrilled, and so delighted. I get such a thrill over hearing these stories of someone who's been oppressed and who has been set free. And he did go on, I know, to receive a session, a full session, where he was able to deal with deeper underlying issues that, you know, the enemy had used to hold into place these other things in his life. I'm always just so amazed at a story like that, like, oh my gosh, (laughs) He, he hasn't had a migraine since. Well, that is not because I have any ability <laughs> to heal someone of a migraine headache. It's only because God is so gracious and so merciful. Amen. Yeah, so that's a little bit of my reflection on, you know, just who God is and how he displays his works and how he sent his son to, to display those works. And so how now he's wanting us to participate in that. That was amazing, Mom. Wow. <laughs> I. It's funny, I'm looking at the scripture and thinking about how you shared about Christ in us being the hope of glory and that scripture from Galatians 2, 
I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And I'm looking at the first line in Psalm 146. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. And I just was like kind of picturing like that is in us, you know, like I was almost picturing like the earth, God who made the earth, but like just the vastness of the ocean and the the Mm -hmm. earth being inside of me. It's like we have this big, big God. Makes you think of Aladdin in a living space, you know. (laughs) But it's it's like, oh, I think you know. I just forget so often because I think I'm stuck on the temporal, which this psalm warns us of. Don't trust in humans. Prior to verse six, like I trust in the temporal so much that I forget the bigness. That's abiding in me, you know? So I just love this sort of just change of subject, but like looking at, you were talking about God's works, you know, and how it's looking at his works and understanding his works that really opens us up. And I love that quote from Bishop Barron that you shared that we get to partake in the divine life and it's understanding and seeing his works that we can partake in his life and just how beautiful that is. So good. It is so good listening to that testimony, too, of sharing about the man who was set free from not just migraines, but addiction and probably a lot of other things in there, just his life transformed. And you didn't do that. But what a gift we were saying about getting to partake in it, you know, that you still said yes. You said yes Mm -hmm. to reaching out to this man, to praying for him bringing his needs before the Lord and the Lord honors that and what a joy it is to partake in it and what a gift. And I just think about right now in this Advent season, as we're moving towards Christmas, you read in this Psalm, all the things that the Lord does that he's going to do and that he's already doing and that we can trust that he's going to do. And I want to enter more fully into expecting him to do that Mm -hmm. and expecting him to use me. And that's the true joy Mm -hmm. of Advent and the season is to experience the Lord in that way. Yeah. So many things that you all said just remind me again in the scripture how big God is and how trustworthy, reliable, faithful, constant, worthy of our whole being, giving our whole selves to him. And as I guess Jen mentioned, you know, but the line or the few lines before the scripture, like not to trust in the man, not to trust and put our hope in the temporal. And I think when people come for unbound ministry, I was thinking about this so many times, what comes out as they tell their story is just how unreliable or untrustworthy or (laughs) inconstant their, their life has been with the people that have have failed them because we are just human and we're not God. (laughs) And how those experiences of not feeling like you can trust can really prevent you from trusting God. So what I love about Unbound Ministry is we are able to come not only because those of us who are trained have an expectation and and a hope in the Lord, but we've just seen him break down all those barriers and heal those wounded hearts. And so it is so beautiful to see somebody able to trust again and that that's really the putting their hope in the great big God that kind of blows everything else away. I just can't help but think about that. And so that's what I want for this Christmas. I want my hope to be in the great big God and not in 
are my Christmas presents the right ones or does my house, is it clean enough for my father-in-law to come or, you know what I mean? Just those dumb little things. But what I want that expectation that whether it's in an Unbound ministry session or Christmas morning, that great awe of, wow, God incarnate, such a great, big, constant, reliable, faithful, trustworthy God is worthy of my heart and life and, and my family's. So that's my hope for for Christmas. I love looking at this scripture too. I mean, I guess this ties into his works, but just how God is so beautiful. Who he is and what he does is so beautiful. And like, I'm just going to kind of run through what he does from this Psalm. He's a maker. He remains. He upholds. He gives. He sets free. He lifts up. He loves. He watches. He sustains. He frustrates the wicked and he reigns. And reading through this psalm again and again, I could never, like, it's just, he has so many incredible characteristics. Yeah, I just, I can't even articulate. Like, he's just really mm. all the good things. <laughs> That's who he is. All the good things. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. There are words. <laughs> I think the last thought, and this was actually when I was having a conversation with Neil, that was... God is all those things. God is the one who wants to save, who wants to lift us up. And so there are certain things that I want for those that I love, for a family member who who doesn't know the love of God and is really suffering with a lot of grief in his life. And I always want to speak to that person and help them and point out the love of God to them. But I said to Neil, I have to realize that I'm not the Savior. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's it's just good for me to go back and back (laughs) to this psalm to remind myself that God does love this person. He is his child, not mine, and I'm not his Savior. I'm not the one to help him be set free. God is the one. So it's that Going back to that trusting God, I can't do it. You can do it, God. Just tap me on the shoulder when you want to use Christ in me <laughs> in any situation. That's great. I, and what a comfort it is to know, like, if you feel that way about someone in your life, how much more does God, you know? But I love what I love your response. I'm here, Lord. I'm ready. Just let me know. <laughs> it's a good reminder for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And God is who he is, even if that person is not experiencing him right now in their lives or doesn't know that love, it's still there. I mean, that's still who God is. He's still everything that that psalm says he is, and that's true and eternal, and we don't have to prove that. He is who he is, and we can trust that and and reflect on that and, and his identity and his characteristics, and just what peace that brings to remember who the Lord is. So uh, my prayer is really the end of Psalm 145. Lord, you open wide your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. You, Lord, are just in all your ways, faithful in all your works. You, Lord, are near to all who call upon you, to all who call upon you in truth. You satisfy the desire of those who fear you. You hear their cry and save them. You, Lord, watch over all who love you. So, Lord, we just thank you today for who you are, for what you've done, 
And we recognize that you, you are a father who loves us incredibly. And we can trust in your love. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us today. If you were blessed by today's podcast, please consider making a donation or becoming a partner and setting the captives free. You can find info about how to do this on our show notes. We pray that you will continue to draw near to the Lord as we look forward to celebrating Him coming to earth. God bless you. for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about taking hold of the freedom you have been given in Christ, check out our website, heartofthefather.com, and find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is Matt, Jen, Rachel, and Jacqueline saying goodbye until next time. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him. And he with me. Revelation 3.20